Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Megan Doherty and myself are back for another season of Picard. In this series, it's Picard Season 3, which will be the final season of this great television series. In this series, we will go through each episode, detailing the synopsis, taking a look at some of our favorite scenes and discussing general themes and looking at key Easter eggs. I know you'll enjoy because that's what heroes do, Picard Season 3. First up, Episode 1, The Next Generation. This episode begins with Beverly Crusher and her son Jack aboard the Elios. Crusher is injured and sends an emergency message to her former Starfleet captain, the retired Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Picard and his current love interest, the Romulan Laris, are planning a trip to Shaltok 4, where he, when he receives the message, and Laris encourages him to go. Crusher told Picard not to involve Starfleet, so he goes to his former first officer, who is, of course, Captain William Riker. Riker and Picard stage a surprise inspection of the Titan, a successor to Riker's former ship, planning to convince its captain, Leon Shaw, to go to Crusher's location without revealing why. Shaw refuses to do so, but his first officer is Picard's friend, Seven of Nine, who ignores Shaw's orders and changes the Titan's course. On Malatus Prime, Starfleet intelligence officer, Rafi Muskler, searches for a stolen portal device that her mysterious handler fears will be used in a terrorist attack. She fails to find it before it destroys a Starfleet facility. Picard and Riker go aboard the Elias via a shuttlecraft and find Crusher in stasis. It's there they meet her son Jack as a very large ship appears. So, Megan, I'm not quite sure where to start, so I'll start with here. What were some of the things you enjoyed the most about the show, or maybe even themes you saw that we will obviously explore oh, I mean, throughout this, this series? Is, I think this is gearing up to be a very good episode with, of course, lots and lots of delicious fan service for all of us who have loved this for so many years. Big thing, first off, this seems like it's going to be a big reunion season. We got Beverly Crusher, we got Will Riker, we got the child of Geordi LaForge, possibly with actual LaForge to come. So I think this kind of bringing together of the old gang is going to be really big and I can't wait for that. I think we're going to see a lot of conflict with Starfleet which is always really fun. Some new characters. I cannot wait to hear your opinion of Shaw because he is the best sort of antagonist I think we've seen so far in, in the Picard franchise. Great new villains. Bounty Hunter is very exciting. I'm pretty much into everything that we've seen so far this season, with the exception of I'm not sure how I feel about how Seven and Rappi's relationship is going to be treated or has been treated, but I think more will be revealed in time. Interestingly, on the last episode of season two, Someone put a comment on our my YouTube post or our YouTube post that said they're not together anymore. Cowards! So, is all I have to say about the writing. Uh, Cowards! So all of your great words <laughs> at the end of season two, <laughs> but I'm sure there's going to be a reason. And but here's the thing, and here's why I appreciate that it's not cowardly. It's just, hey, there's no difference. Period. 
queer or not queer, you still have inner dynamics or inner relationship issues. It doesn't matter. And that's what, when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, they broke up. So what? That's why I like it. It's just, I know that <laughs> may be different than your perspective, but I'm just like, yeah, guess you know, what? I think, I think they're they've just given like us, us a little more of stop it. their relationship. And if they say, hey, at the end of season season two, it seemed like they were going to give it a real shot to really make a go of it. If they'd shown that a little bit, and if they'd shown it not working, I'd have no problem with it. They didn't bother. Okay. I'm sure we're going to get to explore that. But let me just start with the title of this episode, The Next Generation. I think that gave it all. Yes, yes. Now, as anyone who's listened to our podcast, you know, you're a Voyager aficionado. But you still love TNG. And obviously, I'm a TOS guy, but I still love TNG. Having Beverly is just great. Love the way they tease their relationship at the end of TNG. Basically, Picard had had his head screwed a little differently. Wesley would have been his son. And I think he realized that was a huge missed opportunity. And I almost thought Beverly basically said that to him. But then Jack Crusher came along, and she had a very happy marriage to Jack, who died way too early, uh, both for her and Wesley. We have that whole dynamic. What about Picard and Loras at this point? Loras obviously understands him. And I don't want to say sacrificed her love for him to let him leave, but I think she understands he had to do this. He couldn't move on. And having Beverly's communication come in through the old fun. communicator, I just love that. That was so cool. Then we go to, and the really cryptic message, trust no one. <laughs> I uh, love how at this point, Picard's response to trust no one was, Will Riker! I thought that was great. <laughs> so he, he connects with Riker, and they devise this plan to get on the Titan. It didn't happen in this episode, but in, we will talk about it in episode two. Shaw completely explains why he has a relationship with Riker and Picard that he does. And once again, it was absolutely brilliant that we'll explore a little bit, but he is clearly antagonistic towards the two. And at the time in episode one, we didn't know the, but I thought his, it was fair for him to feel that way that these Picard is clearly showing his age. I don't know if he's 80 or in his late seventies, but he comes aboard the Titan and basically wants to hijack it for his own, mission and Shaw's having none of it. and he says you guys you had your time you did your thing now it's my turn and my crew is going to do what Starfleet wants us to do whether it's a five-year mission to explore new planets or not this is what we're going to do and I'm not going to allow you to do and then seven of nine we obviously have to talk about her but I see her through a different lens than you a little bit and I was concerned about where we ended in season two, we got to explore her, her humanity because she got to be a human again. And I didn't, I was a little concerned about her at first because she seemed to be a little unclear on that, but it was clear to me she was back to being hard work. And the captain didn't see her that way. And I felt that she was being. I don't want to say discriminated against because she's the first officer, but there's a clear distrust, I felt, between Shaw and her. 
simply because she had those mm-hmm. board mechanics in her. And oh, absolutely, and I names think that are was a big fair. deal. Names are a really <laughs> big deal, and so having to go with Annika Hansen, even when she right. would have maybe perhaps preferred to be seven of nine, I think that's a big issue. It's a big sacrifice to have to make to try and take the Starfleet path. Which I mean, it seems like she was going for it, doing a good job. First officer is nothing to sneeze at, but I think yeah, it was really interesting. She's clearly struggling with the role. And not having the independence that she had worked so hard to gain and develop in her previous career and her work, like work with the friendless rangers. So it was interesting to see her try and swallow that to succeed in this path that the people she had admired and learned from had taken and, and recommended for her. I was delighted with the choices that she made in this, in this season. Captain Shaw as a character, I think, fantastic. Amazing acting, amazing delivery. And that kind of really irritating person, he's a complete jerk but he's not wrong. <laughs> it's frustrating, but also, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I, I said, fantastic choices. I loved it. Adorable. What did you think of Sydney LaForge? How cute was Sydney LaForge? <laughs> what about her relationship or not relationship uh, with I, her I father? Don't know. I think it seems affectionate. It seems warm from what she was saying, but I, I think we have to learn more. She probably doesn't like being in someone's shadow quite so much, but it's always embarrassing like when your parents, when your friend's parents come to visit you at work is a weird feeling. I was interested mm-hmm. in her choice to become a navigator because I didn't want to have anything to do with what my father did. And that's part of the reason <laughs> I became a lawyer because he was. And so she's a navigator, not an engineer. And I thought that was a really interesting career choice. And it demonstrated to me there was some tension there. And I've had that tension myself. So I really tuned into that. Yeah, I don't know if I that. But the, I, I can't imagine Jordy LaForge, the character as we know him, being really firm, you must follow in my footsteps, child. I, I definitely see him more as the, you follow your passions, my wonderful darling offspring, and I will support you in whatever you do. I saw my father talk to my sister that way. Of, if you go to college up north or out west, we'll never see you again. It'll be your fault. And that influenced her to stay close to home to go to college. I guess I sensed a little bit of that. And my sense is that dads do that with daughters more than they do with sons. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're more in the daughter I mean, category. I'm a particularly awesome father. He was never anything but supportive of the different things I wanted to do. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's my default assumption for how dads act. Fair enough. Fair enough. So what did you think of the Titan? I thought it was, it was really cool, cool. Bomb it was really beyond cool. belief. I mean, what a great one name for a ship. I love Titan as a name. And the new upgrades and the changes to it, I thought was a really interesting way to show Picard's place in everything, even as an admirable, because he did, he wasn't up to date on how these newer ships worked. I thought that was really interesting. And um, once again, in episode two, Riker goes in a direction I had not seen before. But did you feel like Riker was treated by Picard or felt like himself that he was Picard's equal, or did we devolve pretty quickly into the captain and number one captain number one and i think they're obviously friends and have great mutual respect but picard's an admirable admiral rather they're not equal (laughs) he's got (laughs) picard's got an extra pip so i think it's i think like the conversations between them the interplay i think is very much like between equals but if we are talking rank no they're still they're still a number one and what did you think of jack crusher jr Uh, in episode uh, one did we see much of him in episode one was he more episode two? Just a little bit? I didn't have strong Just a little bit. A little bit. We At the yeah. start and then at the end. Yeah, much stronger thoughts next episode. I immediately began to get the sense that he's Tom Rip and oh, yeah, basically the, 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 the a chameleon. And the bribery. Part and of the, it yeah, was that, 
He's a good con man. Exactly. That's what I thought he was. And particularly at the end, towards the end of this episode, where when Vodic says why they want to take him and he's an intergalactic criminal. I didn't really hear a violent criminal. What I heard was a criminal who engages in fraud. And they always seemingly are for very good ends. But at the end of the day, it's for them. And I really had that feeling that he's just a con man, that I didn't get the sense that he's a Han Solo rebel con man or trying to move the new republic forward. I had had an immediate distance. Uh, For him, maybe that will change. Maybe that won't. What about... I was going to say, what what This show was one... Uh, One our, big our... Easter egg. Right? Loved her. Loved her. Absolutely loved her. I hope she's a comedian in her real life because that's how she played it. It was just, we so, you're absolutely right. We so rarely get those bad guys who revel in it as perhaps opposed to Sneed. The, uh, the other bad guy we saw in this that we'll have to get to, but oh, I Yeah, you her. get so many complex villains these days who have backstories and have conflicting emotions. And Man, I hope they just keep going with the unrepentant, absolutely gleeful evilness. It's so refreshing. Rafi appears in this. So what did you think about Rafi's role and initial oh, scenes in episode thought, one? When, we realized, when I realized who she was and what she was doing, my first thought was, oh no, <laughs> how terrible things have happened to bring her to this place. And then when she pulled out the Starfleet intelligence, okay, this is cool. We can work with this. So I thought it was really interesting. I'm very curious about how this came to be. So there's plainly a lot that happened between the seasons. It's not an immediate pickup. And so I'm wondering, how did she get into Starfleet intelligence? The mysterious handler, which more will be revealed shortly. I think she's still struggling with the things she's always been struggling with. Her family, her duty, her persistence with a problem like a dog with a bone. So I think it's going to be a good season for Rafi. I was going to say, this episode is basically one big Easter egg. But were there any Easter eggs that really got uh, your attention or do you really love? And, and Riker met up in Guinance, which was, uh, which was fun, of course. Those were the big ones, not as, as steeped in the lore, I think, as you are. So I'm interested to hear what you picked up on. The first one was a little bit morbid, but Crusher, Beverly Crusher, had a box that she identified as either belonging to or somehow connected to Jack Crusher her deceased husband. I was convinced his ashes were in there so that she was still carrying his ashes years and years and years and years later. I thought that was pretty cool. Picard made a reference to Rami Linnell. How can you not love that? He had a painting of the Enterprise D and a model that he had shipped to this Starfleet Museum, which we'll learn a little bit more about later. And so I thought those were cool the Frontier Days. Now, I'm from Texas. Frontier Days means something big in Texas and most of the West and probably, I know, in Calgary and other places in the West of Canada. I don't know about you Easterners. <laughs> you mean colonization days? <laughs> uh, that too. But it, that's a big deal in the Southwest. And so that had a resonance for me. But what I had either not realized or had forgotten that Starfleet predates the Federation. Oh. And so Frontier Days does not celebrate Star of the Federation and, or as you would say, Colonization Day. It celebrates the cowboys who went out on Starfleet, boldly go where no person had gone before. So I thought that was a pretty cool reference. Yeah. And obviously the title of the episode, all of the characters we met, 
the LaForge popping up, they were all just great. It's, as you said, to start this episode, it's clear homecoming's coming. Let's just strap in and enjoy the ride. Anything, um, oh, and one other really interesting cookie, the deep cookie was Vodic's chair was from a Klingon cruiser from the movie, The Undiscovered Country, her captain's chair. So I thought that was cool to tie all of that in together. But it's clear we're going to have a ton of fun, Megan. I look forward to episode two. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the award-winning Because That's What Heroes Do. Megan and I are taking up season three of Picard. I hope you will join us again next time where we take up episode two, Disengage. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to great podcasts. We look forward to visiting with you again.
This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, because that's what heroes do, where Megan and I have taken up for our new season, the show Picard season three. I hope you'll join Megan and I again for the next episode of Picard from season three. I also hope you will subscribe, rate and review this podcast, wherever great podcasts are listened to, because that's what heroes do is now the award winning. That's what, because that's what heroes do. And I hope you will join us again and check out some of the other podcasts on the compliance podcast network.